This Family Life News Podcast is made possible by the support of listeners like you. Next on the 5 O'Clock Report. The fighting has picked up. There's four thousand armed terrorists in Rafa. Not just transgender friendly clothing, but things targeting children. It came in so quick. It really feels like tornadoes are happening all at once this season. I crawled to the living room and there he was. I pushed him out. Now, let's go to the newsroom. Good afternoon and welcome to the broadcast. I'm Family Life News anchor Sarah Harnish. The world is holding its breath watching Rafah. A hundred thousand Palestinians have fled as the conflict escalates to a breaking point. The fighting has picked up with reports of gunfire and Hamas reportedly ambushing tanks near a mosque, again, in the eastern part of the city. So if all this is true, that means the IDF has advanced closer to the built-up part of Rafah. The White House said today it's watching with concern and they want Gaza border crossings reopened. Weapons provided by the United States have been used to kill civilians in Gaza, which is to many people around the world apparent, but it was the first time he so explicitly conceded that point, and it's part of the reason why at least one shipment of thousands of thousand-pound bombs has been delayed to Israel. Senator Tom Cotton. Joe Biden objectively favors a Hamas victory over Israel. It's just that simple. The president is only emboldening Hamas. David Freeman is the former U.S. ambassador to Israel. He says you either end terror or it ends you. There's 4,000 armed terrorists in Rafah. And Israel's either going to win this war or lose this war based upon what happens in, in Rafah. This is it. This is, you know, this is the last stand. Today, Israeli troops seize control of the main road through the center of Rafah. More college graduations are happening tonight and tomorrow if the schools can get pro-Palestinian encampments cleared out. That's MIT in Boston. The University of Arizona in Tucson had its encampment cleared out 14 hours before students walk with their cap and gown on the same ground. Then there's the University of Pennsylvania. Here's Josh Sanders in PA. Lady in Penn's Jewish community who said the encampment was a distraction, that they felt harassed, that there were uh, that there was a fostering of anti-Semitism from that encampment. And then you had Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro speak out yesterday and call for the university to in fact remove the encampment. Cornell University's president just announced she's stepping down because of unrest over the Israeli-Hamas war. Family Life's Greg Gillespie has the story. Martha E. Pollock has been at the helm of the Ivy League school for seven years. The university has had only 14 presidents in a century and a half. Pollock said she toyed with the idea of stepping down during the December break, but three times paused on that decision. Cornell is one of dozens of universities across the U.S. where students are staging encampments to protest the Israel-Hamas war. In November, Cornell became one of seven schools under investigation by the U.S. Department of Education over alleged incidents of anti-Semitism. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. Pride problems. Target just announced they're dialing back Pride merchandise after backlash from Christians. They will limit but not end
end the number of stores selling LGBTQ goods for Pride Month following a boycott last June that took a toll on the brand's bottom line. Half of its 2,000 stores will still sell the Pride collection as well as its website. Pundit DeRoy Murdoch says Target needs to stick to selling clothes and home goods. We're going to run our companies. We're going to sell our products as we did before. If you want to do politics, give to the DNC, give to the RNC. We're out of this business and I'm waiting for some adult CEO to get up and say it. A Target spokesperson said they're committed to supporting the gay rights community. Analyst Liz Peek. Companies like Target are literally being held hostage by young, woke employees. These are the people who are forcing this kind of nonsense. Last year, the boycotts cost the company $15.7 billion. Target is now really hurting because they did something that people don't like. Not just transgender-friendly clothing, but things targeting children. This year, faith-based groups say crank it up. Last year, 2,000 stores were selling transgender kids' clothing in the front aisles. This year, 1,000 stores. Next year, zero. It's a welcome sight and sound in Maury County, Tennessee today, south of Nashville, a forklift driver. Delivering supplies to the hardest hit areas after a rash of tornadoes. It came in so quick. It just is like it sat down on top of us right here. Florida and the southeast targeted today after an entire week of bad weather. Correspondent Dave Milkoff. It really feels like tornadoes are happening all at once this season. Just since April 25th, there have been more than 300 reports of tornadoes. If you add all that up, that is nearly half of the tornado reports this year. 80 documented tornadoes just the past week. Former Trump attorney Michael Cohen will testify next week at the ex-president's hush money trial in New York. The so-called fixer takes the witness stand on Monday as the dust is still settling from Stormy Daniels' testimony. Donald Trump had a few words about the gag order on the case today. He wants to put me in jail, and that could happen one day, and I'd be very proud to go to jail for our Constitution, because what he's doing is so unconstitutional. There's never been anything like it. The former president has a campaign event tomorrow in New Jersey that's expected to be attended by 40,000 people. Groundbreaking gene therapy has helped a little girl who is deaf to hear again. 18-month-old Opal Sandy can now hear sounds. And is starting to talk a bit. Her parents, Joe and James, are relieved the experimental treatment is working. It was really scary, but I think we'd been given a really unique opportunity. Opal had the gene therapy in her right ear and a cochlear implant put into her left. They used a virus to drop functioning genes into non-working cells. That's correspondent Michael Toscano. Still to come on the 5 o'clock report, a closer peek at the Equal Rights Amendment that isn't so equal if you're Christian, and the nurse that delivered her own baby. Baby. Those stories after weather with Kevin Williams. After a soggy day in central New York and central eastern Pennsylvania, less so far in the west, we've got the showers diminishing tonight. Our call for the overnight hours. A fair amount of cloud cover, a stray shower, some patchy fog, low temps points. Saturday, a little bit of morning sun breaking through the overcast, but it'll be mostly cloudy. Be some showers, a couple of isolated thunderstorms, especially during the midday and afternoon. High temperatures near 60. Sunday, mostly cloudy, couple showers, and high temperatures again near 60. Thank you, Kevin. We're going to jump right into the happenings at the state capitals in Albany and Harrisburg with Capital Connection. That so-called Equal Rights Amendment was discussed this week. New York family's Jason McGuire talks about where that proposed amendment stands now. Let's listen in. For the moment, it means that the so-called Equal Rights Amendment, or the Gender Amendment, as we've been referring to it as, is off the ballot in November. Now, I fully expect this is going to be appealed. Yeah, and this Equality Amendment would codify into law the 
right to an abortion, basically make it impossible to pass any pro-life legislation. Also raises parental concerns when it comes to LGBTQ issues. Will the clock run out, Jason, if it wins an appeal? Because there's some constitutional scholars that say there's no way this gets on the ballot by November 5th because there's not enough time on the clock. Yeah, that's my suspicion. I mean, this will likely be fast-tracked. Really, the, the story that is not being talked about in many circles is how this is an effort by the Democrats to try to make sure they're getting their voters to come out and vote in this wedge issue and take back congressional seats in November. So they have a lot of incentive to try to get this on the ballot. That's why this is such a huge story that this is happening. And frankly, it was an unforced error on their part. It shouldn't have happened, but they tripped up, and this may mean they lose this issue on the November ballot. Well, Michael, you're fighting hard to keep marijuana out of the Keystone State. You know, not a day goes by that I don't read another article talking about the dangers of marijuana. How much momentum is there to get uh, marijuana legalization over the finish line? Well, right off the bat, I guess I would say rather than saying momentum, I would say there's a lot of pressure. There are industry groups, uh, dozens of uh, companies and lobbyists that have been hired to push marijuana, but there are competing interests that are stalling it at this point while the pressure is still there from all these lobbying forces. We're trying to run counter pressure, basically educating Pennsylvanians about the harm that would come, mental illness among uh, young people, all sorts of different problems, uh, DUIs, all of the things that come with legalization we want to oppose here in Pennsylvania. Let's talk about the pro-life debate for a minute, Jason. New York's Attorney General Tish James, no friend of the uh, pro-life movement, that's for sure. She proved it this week, suing a dozen pro-life centers. She claims false advertising, among other things. She also has a problem with the abortion reversal pill. I want to ask you, if her lawsuit is successful, could this be the death knell for the pro-life industry in the Empire State? Well, I think if the Attorney General is ultimately successful, it could be problematic for a lot of pro-life pregnancy centers across New York. So it is of great concern to uh, us in the pro-life community. However, I think that uh, ultimately the Attorney General will be incorrect on this, and I think there will be some court victories for pro-life centers around the state of New York. Well, let's talk about those breeding grounds for jihadism, also known as the American College Campus these days, Jason. You know, I was listening to a commentary from former Education Secretary Bill Bennett, who sees a silver lining in this. He says, you know, as this goes on and on, a lot of moms and dads are going to say, hey, how about those other universities and colleges like some of these Christian schools? Do you anticipate they'll see a big jump in enrollment as a result of what we're witnessing on these college campuses? You know, I think they will. I think that a lot of uh, Christian colleges around the country are going to see that. Parents are looking at the dollars they're spending on tuition. It's just wrong to spend the amount of money that we are to send kids off to colleges where they are being indoctrinated and things that violate the convictions of that family's faith and just core principles. Yeah. Uh, so I think that many of these colleges will see that turned around. I think enrollment will be up in light of what we're seeing on these campuses. Yeah, Michael, when you look at anarchy masquerading as academia, could not even believe my mind when I saw USC and Columbia actually canceling graduations. One student at Columbia said, you know, I couldn't graduate from high school four years ago because of COVID. Now I can't graduate from college because of this. Well, I think it's interesting uh, to point out, you mentioned COVID in that window of time, people saw what was going on in our high schools with uh, CRT. We're seeing that then amplified at the college levels. It's against American principles, against our founding principles, and uh, in this case, against Israel or against the Jewish people. So it's troubling to see, and I think it's part of a larger system that is turning young people against uh, the values of our country. Let's talk dollars and cents, Michael. You know, Pennsylvania has about an $11 billion surplus, and that's always dangerous because there's a lot of hands that want to get in that pot. 
Republicans say, let's give some of that money back to the taxpayers, about $3 billion worth in tax cuts. Democrats say a better way to go here is to increase the minimum wage. What say you, Michael? What's the best way to deal with that rainy day fund? Well, I was looking at the stats, and uh, in 2023, Pennsylvania led the nation in grocery price increases. So people are really feeling the pinch here in the Commonwealth. And uh, when you look at, okay, so how can we provide relief for the people of Pennsylvania? I think a minimum wage increase has the tendency to increase the inflation rate. Mm. So I think the tax cuts have proven to be a better method to provide relief to the people when they're having to pinch pennies. You can hear more with New York Family's Jason McGuire and Pennsylvania Family Institute's Michael Gear at familylife.org slash news podcasts. Time next for tonight's market report brought to you by Faithward Advisors. Wall Street closing mostly higher despite consumer sentiment, which fell to its lowest level in six months. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones gained 125 points to 39.512. The S&P 500 rose eight points to 52.22, and the Nasdaq lost five points to 16.340. Faithward Advisors is a Christian financial planning firm online at faithwardadvisors.com. When we think about financial preparations for retirement, most of us focus on saving and investing, but there's another side. Hi, I'm Rob West with today's Faith and Finance Minute. An aspect of preparing for retirement that we often don't think about is the spending side. Financial planner Peter Dunn asks his clients two crucial questions. Is your strategy to have a bunch of money or is your strategy to not need a bunch of money? What he's getting at is that if you can minimize your cost of living, you won't need as much to retire on. One way to do that, of course, is to get out of debt before retirement. If you enter your retirement years without a mortgage, car payment, or school loan to pay off, your retirement savings will last a whole lot longer. Discover the best Christian financial articles, podcasts, and videos by visiting our website, faithfi.com, or by downloading FaithFi, Faith and Finance from your app store. Coming up on the 5 o'clock report, a shout out to a super nurse who delivered her own baby at home. We've got the story after one last look at weather with Kevin Williams. And here is your family life weather forecast. We've got the showers diminishing tonight. And then over the weekend, though, there will be some showers, even a couple of rumbles of thunder. There'll be enough dry time to get some of your plans in. Our call for tonight, the more numerous showers fading across central eastern Pennsylvania, central New York. Elsewhere, just mostly cloudy with a stray shower, a little fog and drizzle, and low temperatures in the 40s. Tomorrow, mainly afternoon showers and rumbles, high temps near 60. Sunday, mostly cloudy, couple showers, and high temperatures again near 60. Hey, we'll take it. It is the weekend. Finally, at 5, all the nurses out there are incredible, but this one woman might get nurse of the week. A Florida registered nurse delivered her own baby this week. I can't believe it happened to me. (laughs) When that baby came calling at 3.45 a.m. on Thursday, Dejanique Milligan knew exactly what to do. There was no time to get in the car. I crawled to the living room, and there he was. I pushed him out. Milligan said she had no usual symptoms like contractions or her water breaking. Paramedics showed up about 15 minutes after he arrived and found a healthy baby Drew, six pounds, three ounces, and mama doing just fine. That is the world that we live in for Friday, the 10th of May. I'm Sarah Harnish, and this is the 5 o'clock report on Family Life. Thank you for listening to this Family Life News Podcast. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, please share it with others and click the subscribe button to automatically receive future episodes. 
Family Life is a listener-supported ministry. Podcasts like this are made possible by your financial partnership. Find out more at familylife.org.